Welcome to Problem Addict, a weekly podcast about notoriously problematic pop culture icons from our favorite reality TV shows, past and present, music videos, movies, and everything in between. Hey, Problematics. I was not expecting to hate, or I should say dislike, these new twists on the third season of The Circle. Um... The second episode made me kind of angry, and I think it was completely unfair to Michelle. Uh, cue Naomi Small saying, Life's, unf- life's not fair. Uh, from Drag Race, All Stars 3, I think it was. Um, maybe 4. I think it's complete sabotage, and I was really, really angry at this twist with uh, cloning Michelle. And is it just me, or are we not seeing as much one-on-one chats this season as in the past? I feel like we're not really getting any sort of development in what these people are like. But I think it's just, some of these catfish are just so catfishy. (laughs) Uh, And Matt playing as Ashley bugs the hell out of me. I'm not exactly sure why. I I kind of want to like Matt as, like, just a person, but I, I think the fact that he's, like simping so hard over excuse my terminology um but he as ashley is calling nick and nick is just such an average looking tall white dude um maybe with some muscles but he's calling him daddy nick and one of my pet peeves is when gay men in their 30s go around calling each other daddy i think it's so cringe i think it's so strange it's so bizarre and unnecessary I feel, but hey, do you? So Kay, who every time I see her name, I want to call her Kai, is still the only one I can really stand. Daniel just bugs me in that really infantile, like 20-year-old, hasn't processed a lot of, or hasn't grown up kind of way. Um, Like I said, Ava and Chantel just bugged the hell out of me. And uh, they continue to bug when they play as the clone Michelle. And Nick, unfortunately, reminds me of someone I went to high school with, and not in a good way. So why did these idiots trust the clone Michelle? I don't understand. I would have seen right through her fake act. But maybe I just have some more common sense than these contestants. The whole twist just left a bad taste in my mouth. And speaking of mouths, please don't kiss your dog on the mouth. It's gross. It's just absolutely gross. Don't do it. I also watched Everyone's Talking About uh, Jamie. Everybody's Talking About Jamie, I think it's called, which I had such high hopes for, and I fell asleep three times during it. The movie is like an hour and 45 minutes, but I fell asleep three times. It just bored the hell out of me. (laughs) I don't think the songs were any good. The lead actor wasn't, like, charming or didn't have enough... uh, I don't know. I didn't, like, root for him. He wasn't my hero. (laughs) And, um... It wasn't the movie I thought it was, or like what it, the trailer sort of made it to be. But if you're a preteen, teenager, you might like it, but you're probably also not listening to this podcast. Um, all the tropes were crammed into this, the loving mother, uh, the BIPOC 
female bestie this time. It's a Muslim girl with a Hindi name, um, as opposed to the typical black girls we usually see as the BFFs to these gay boys. And um, I did binge the Lula Rich documentary in like four hours. It's really good. It's a story I wasn't really familiar with, so I ate it up. Those two crooks, uh, they're scammers, and I feel so bad for the people they scammed. I was captivated by all of it. Um, I think they could have added at least one more episode, though. I needed a little bit more. I wanted to know like what the next steps were, because they seem to be operating as a business right now, and I think that's kind of crazy. I really loved Sex Education Season 3, though, on Netflix. I don't think a ton of people watch it, but it's a very, I think, honest portrayal of what it's like to be a teenager in high school. I mean, it's England, but still. Um, even though I think it's funny that they all ride bicycles wearing helmets. But on the plus side, there are queer characters, dark-skinned characters, Southeast Asian characters, uh, token straight people, and it's it's really well done. It's a bit nonsensical sometimes, but... Um, all the actors are really strong, and if you watch it, you know that the character Olivia, played by Simone Ashley, will be the female lead of Bridgerton Season 2. That's exciting. So, uh, yeah, if you want to hear a Peaches cover of Fuck the Pain Away, um, it's great. I'll just insert it. It's just so good. That little performance was better than anything Glee ever did. I think the show actually takes the best parts of Gossip Girl, Glee, um, Dawson's Creek, maybe? Maybe not. But it's, it's rooted in being a teenager with all the problems of being a teenager just in a different country. Um, and the cast is great. I love it. And they got renewed for season four, so look forward to that next year sometime. I want to check out Foundation, the new uh, sci-fi show with Lee Pace on Apple TV. Apple Plus TV? Apple Plus? Apple TV Plus? I never know what to call that channel. Um, Lee Pace is having a moment. Well, no, he's having a movement. (laughs) Uh, He's always been one of my favorite actors since Pushing Daisies, and that show might have been at least like 20 years ago by now. But he was at the Met Ball. I'm sure everyone's seen pictures of him looking all dashing and handsome uh, with his uh, shorts and sock garters and long hair. Just He's just devastatingly handsome. I just can't look at him. Um, and then I realized that he was outed by that motherfucker Brian Moylan. You know, uh, BM of Erica Jane alleged Girardi fame, the book writer, uh, the ghost writer for her book, uh, Vulture Housewives recap writer. He also wrote that um, Housewives book that came out a few months ago that like everyone was reading. I wish I hadn't read it because that man is awful. He's just so awful. BM also outed Anderson Cooper a while back, and that's so fucked up. 
Welcome to the problematic list bowel movement. Shame on you. Tisk tisk. Also, your mustache can go fuck itself. I read that the um, Top Chef is filming currently in Texas, and I think that's hilarious because Padma says that she's such a supporter of women's reproductive rights, and now they're filming in Texas, where they just banned abortion. So you're taking away rights from women while investing money into the Texas economy by filming a show there. A show that already has issues with awarding its top prize to problematic men. Yeah, smart, bravo, real smart. So once again, bravo, or as I like to call it, that Toxic B network. Let's not even call it a network. Let's just call it the Toxic B cable channel, okay? Let's downgrade that. They're always going to do the wrong thing, right? Like Year after year, we've seen they repeatedly do the wrong thing. And it's like canceling uh, Southern Charm New Orleans. <laughs> and it is not surprising to me at all. But I'm just so fucking sick of this bullshit that that toxic B cable channel does. So no, I will not be talking about Top Chef when it comes back. I also want to make sure everyone is aware that that toxic B cable channel has scrubbed any mention of its last winner from its website, the Top Chef page. He does not exist in that cinematic universe at all. It's like they just wiped him off the face of the earth. He wasn't invited to take place uh, to take part rather in um, the Aspen Food and Wine Festival, while mostly all the others were. Uh, all the other contestants from the Portland season were there, but not the actual winner. I just want Bravo to do better. I do, but they won't. So whatever. But the bright shining light of the past few couple days, weeks, I guess, uh, has been the joy I've been getting from watching Love on the Spectrum. This aired last year on Netflix, and a new season just dropped, and it's just so pure. It's... I love this show. <laughs> um, it's pure, it's not sensationalized, it's just real feel-good TV, I, I think. And it's about neurodiverse people um, that we don't really see on TV very often. And I just... I love all of them. <laughs> I just want... Like, they're just such fun people to watch. And I, I hope this gets, like, picked up for many, many more seasons. Great British Bake Off is also back. And unfortunately, it's coming out weekly on Netflix. And that kind of sucks. But I love the first episode. Um, I just... It, this show also just makes me feel really good inside. <laughs> and I can just watch it, turn my mind off, and be entertained. I also started watching the first season of Insecure. I tried to watch it, like, I think when it came out, but I just it just didn't, like, hit for me. But now I'm really liking the first season of Insecure. I think I have one episode left. And um, I feel like I'm going through a couple of the things that Lawrence is going through. Not, like, all the things that Lawrence is going through, of course, but, like, that unhappy, like, job-finding situation for Lawrence. I was like, yeah, I see myself in that. Um, but let's talk about Squid Game, okay? Squid Game on Netflix, yo, it's a, it's, it's so good. Um, it's like that Japanese movie Battle Royale, which kind of inspired Hunger Games, um, but it's just so much better. I will warn you, it's violent, um, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, the game is, I mean, the show is just unhinged off it, it, it's just so good 
I feel like the first three episodes went by super fast. You learn a lot about our uh, 456. Uh, basically, it's everyone gets a number, um, and they're playing these games. And basically, if you don't survive the game, you die, <laughs> which seems very dark. I mean, it is a dark show, but there's like this emotional uh, aspect to it where these people are just telling these, their stories to each other, their sad stories about how they're like in debt or they've done these bad things and now they need to sort of atone for not their sins necessarily, but their bad actions, bad behaviors. And um, everyone is treated as an equal, even though they're held prisoners. <laughs> um, the costumes are good. The production design is amazing. Um, I think in episode four, you really get to see the intricacies of these games and the behind the scenes of like this island. Uh, the color tones are like bright and festive, but it's got such dark subject matter <laughs> that it's really interesting to me. It's also really fascinating for me to watch a immigrant, uh, someone from Pakistan, I believe, uh, in Korea, speaking Korean. That just totally blew my mind because I've don't recall ever seeing a non-Korean native speaker, non-native Korean speaker, speak Korean on a TV show or a movie or anything like that. Unless it's like a Korean drama and I don't really watch those. Um, and as I'm watching Ali, the Pakistani character, uh, speak Korean, <laughs> I think to myself, is that how my Korean sounds to people? I hope not. Because, I mean, I was born in Korea, and now it's my first language, but I still speak it like someone that was raised overseas. Uh, my vocabulary is awful. I don't do verb tenses properly. I don't really know my honorifics. Okay, so one thing you need to know about the Korean language is it changes depending on who you're speaking to. Whether the person's older, younger, or your peer you use different verb tenses, verb forms, uh, completely different honorifics. The language is just so complicated. Um, and it was really interesting, I thought, that when um, Ali and Sangwoo, I think Sangwoo is number 218, have their conversation, I think in episode five, um, there's this great moment where he, uh, Ali asks, how old are you? <laughs> And that's really important because that dictates how you speak to someone. So 218 tells Ali to call him Hyung. Hyung is the Korean word for older brother. You would never call, like let's say if my name was Ali and Sangwoo was Sangwoo, if I was younger than Sangwoo, I would never say, yo, Sangwoo. That's just not done in Korea. It would always just be Hyung, the term for older brother. And then I could probably use his name if there were multiple people. Um, but usually you're talking to one person, so it's fine. Uh, it's a tradition. It's tradition you never use someone's first name to refer to them. It's either little brother, older brother, little sister, older sister. Um, it's really complicated. <laughs> Watching this in the original Korean with the subtitles also made me realize that most of the words I remember in Korean are swear words. <laughs> There's just so many swear words that I heard and I was like, oh, I, I, I totally know what that means. <laughs> As opposed to like these full run on exposition sentences where I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm going to have to actually read the subtitles because I don't understand that term or those words or that sentence. Um, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a great moment that I takes me back to my childhood. I think it's episode 
five, I hope, between the old man, number one, and um, the lead for 56, where they do like a pinky swear. <laughs> but it's like a pinky swear with a chica. And a chica is like a like when you put your thumbs together after you do the pinky swear, and that's what makes it official. And I haven't seen that on any sort of form of media. <laughs> um, but it's something I did like all th- growing up. Like it's just like habit and it's just weird seeing it on tv it's kind of nice i mean like i don't hate on it but i was like oh yeah that was a thing i did when i was a kid i'm actually i still have two more episodes to go to finish squid game i i was not gonna like stay up for eight hours trying to watch it last night um i think i left off i guess at episode seven right i guess uh so there's two more to left i think there's nine total um So I don't want to spoil anything, but I highly recommend you check it out. I was a guest on the Twisted Plot podcast hosted by Evelyn Marley not too long ago, and uh, the episode is out. It is all about my experience on Jeopardy, and I actually go pretty deep into what happened right before Jeopardy, what happened the day of um, the online contestant test, uh, which ties into like my father passing away (laughs) and uh, some like weird court stuff that happened to me at the same time. Um, But yeah, it's a really refreshing, insightful look into what it's like preparing for uh, meeting Alex Trebek. May he rest in peace. So go check out, uh, I think it's episode 19 of the Twisted Plot podcast with Evelyn Marley. I'll link it in the show notes. And I'll probably be back with Great British Bake Off, maybe? Um, or I might just go MIA for another two weeks. <laughs> Fail you problematics. Thanks for listening. Check me out on Instagram. I can be found at problematic pod. It's problematic pod. And leave me a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Check you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>